everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the 16th episode of Riverdale Season 4, The Locked Room. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my secret famous grandmother, Kirsten McKinnis. (laughs) Hey Kirsten, how's it going this evening? Uh, I'm not that much older than you. (laughs) How dare you? You're always calling me a baby, so I felt like it was perfect timing for this episode. Well, I'm concerned now with my status as an elderly person. Don't you miss the days when I used to just give you nice adjectives, and now it's references to the show. I miss when you used to call me wonderful. What happened to that? Am I really so bad now? (laughs) Am I no longer wonderful? Well, you graduated from my older sister to my secret famous grandmother, so that's also good. I feel like... At least you're famous. Yeah, and a secret, which I do like secrets. But I'm not a grandmother. I My cats have no children. <laughs> do you have plants? Do your plants have children? No, I don't have plants. I tried to get a lucky money tree to have as a plant, and my cat ate it within two days. And then the plant was dead, and so were my finances. I, I have no idea what a lucky money tree is. They're really cute little plants with like super round leaves and they're very adorable. And if you keep it healthy, it's supposed to be good luck and then you it brings f- financial success to you. But then my cat ate it in a day and I was like, I'm going to die poor and it's all my cat's fault. That's, uh, that's definitely a bad omen for sure. For sure. Uh, speaking of bad omens... Nope, don't have anything. <laughs> couldn't couldn't segue well, that. Well, speaking you got of bad omens, uh, we're going to get a little hiatus from Riverdale season four because they have suspended production amongst concerns about COVID-19 because the lower mainland land of BC is riddled with COVID, so... Yeah. Is it really? Is that area particularly affected? I did hear I did hear they were stopping production. I did hear that. Well, part. yeah. So in the states, like the state that has the most cases is Washington. Right. And BC borders Washington. There's gotcha. a lot of like travel between the two. It's pretty bad. I think it's where the most cases in Canada are, even though Canada's not like that that bad yet. But uh, always good to take precautions. I like how they already knew exactly what to do after having quarantined the town in season three. <laughs> We're going to have an episode April 8th, I think. Yeah, April 8th. So we've got almost almost a month until the next episode. So we'll have a nice little nice little break. And uh, since I am also quarantined for my job, I'm not quarantined. We're just all working from home at the moment. I will probably be able to pop out some of those final season one episodes we did in the meantime. So I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, well, I'm glad <laughs> to know that you have some faith in me. Uh, this is this is deserved, so I understand. <laughs> I was correct, though, based on the end of this episode and looking at the Wikipedia page, Wicked Little Town is, in fact, going to be the Hedwig episode. So I did guess that one correctly. Yes, and speaking of being right, remember at the start of this season when I said Jughead's grandpa wrote the books, it was stolen from him, he is going to come back, he is afraid of getting murdered. Yeah, we were pretty much right about all of that except for the fact that I think like I think he did sell the book so I think legally it wasn't like stolen but it was it was just a pretty pretty rude sale I uh I'm gonna call it I was right okay (laughs) well we were right about a couple things first off I was at least right with knowing who Donna was I said she's definitely related to oh no wait she's not related to DuPont never mind I wasn't right how dare you (laughs) I already forgot so actually you were wrong actually I was wrong and 
uh, I'll just go ahead and say we do find out that she is related to one of the people who DuPont killed. So there is that. Yes. Um, she was related to someone, one of the original Stonewall-lians uh, in the <laughs> original... Sorry, you mean Stonies? Cult. Right, one of the original Stonies in the um in the secret club. So that part that part was she was related to someone. Uh, none of these crazy theories that she was related to like Penny Peabody yeah. or who are some of the other ones? Like people thought she would be related to Charles or related to. I think you said that she was going to be related to um like Jughead's grandfather. He was yeah, going to have a no, whole separate I w- family. I was wrong about that. I will admit it. I wish that I'd been right though, because I think that would have been really funny. I do think. It was pretty dumb how the show when they go in and are you know doing this whole locked room situation betty does say like oh what's important here is people and who they're related to and then they go through this whole long thing and then it's not until the end of the episode that she comes back and is like donna i know who you're related to like we all saw that coming guys you didn't need to what bothers leave it as a separate scene the most about this is we know already that Nancy Drew exists in the Riverdale universe, okay? Nancy Drew exists. So this whole plot line based on Tracy True just pisses me off because that means, like, yep, there's, like, this is, that's intellectual property. I think there must be separate things. Yeah, they're separate things. But you can't have a second series of detective girl books where the name rhymes. You can't just pretend. Well, I don't remember who wrote Nancy Drew, but you think that person, like, copyrighted all rhyming names i mean i don't think that carolyn keen copyrighted any of that carolyn keen is also kind of a it's not rhyming but it is repetitive there is alliteration yes yes i feel like it's not okay that both exist like they should have just said tracy true in season one with like the code breaking stuff so that we wouldn't have to face this but they obviously yep. did not know that this was going to happen in well, season obviously, one. Well, obviously, you can give the writers as much credit as you want, but they definitely do not write four seasons in advance. Yeah, no, that's that would be a crazy thing to say. Yes, for any show. Let's just jump into this episode and go through it. We're just going to go through it in pretty much chronological order because mostly it's just saying, hey, remember the last two episodes where we sort of left a lot of holes in our understanding? We're just going to fill in all those holes now. So that's nice. Yeah, this is that last chapter of the mystery novel where everything makes sense and is revealed. And I do want to say, just up front here, we've had a lot of villains in the Riverdale show, uh, pretty much all of which have been adults. I do like the fact that, like, the worst part to come of this is the fact that the best villains they've had on this show in Brett and Donna, in my opinion, probably not going to be in it any further. And I I like the fact that they segued from, like, kids fighting against adults to, like, kids fighting against other kids because there's more of an even playing field here. You don't need to feel as creeped out when Hiram, like, tries to kill Archie. Like, it makes a little more sense when, like, Brett or Donna does because at least they're on the same playing field. Yeah, I can get behind that. And I really like Donna because she has given me, you know, confidence as someone with a round face that I, too, could one day be CW hot. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel good about the fact that they did this. And I think especially watching it back, it's going to be fun to, to binge these past Yeah, I feel like season episodes. four is going to be really fun to look back on. Yeah, I agree. Especially because I'm really not excited about what they're doing after season four, whatever that may be. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but What's, not into it. Yeah, we don't need it. We don't. So we had this Jughead voiceover at the beginning. 
because he is alive, so they were right. able to do it. Right. couple important things to point out here before I even say it. There's a microwave in the bang bunker, so that's nice. Cool. And we never really talk about, like, how Dilton made this bunker. Like, how did he dig a hole down here and then put this in here? It's crazy. I mean, I'm assuming that the bunker already existed from, like, the Cold War and Dilton hmm. just found it. Yeah. Okay. There's definitely a bathroom, but there's definitely not plumbing, so it's got to be just disgusting in there. But anyway. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. So he says, the weirdest thing about pretending to be dead is that after a while, you actually start feeling like you're dead. No, the weirdest thing about pretending to be dead is pretending to be dead. Don't the, don't get it weird here. And like, why would you actually believe you're dead? Like, stop it. That's not clever yeah. or interesting. Especially because everyone you know pretty much or like all the people close to you know that you're not dead and they're coming to visit you. You should have said like, the weirdest thing about living underground is... Anyway, and he says, yeah. as in, dead as a doornail, dead. For starters, I was underground, as if in a tomb. Granted, I was hiding out in Dilton's doomsday bunker and not in a coffin, but still. Two weeks, no sunlight, with no sense of its time or its passing. It's gotta be what limbo feels like, right? No, probably no, not. No, that's, it's what sequester feels like, and it feels damn good. Yeah. Jughead's just, you know, quarantining himself back yeah, before Yeah, he's cool. just making good health decisions. He is. A couple things, there were two obituaries written about him, one by Alice and then one by Betty. And he's like, yeah, I liked the one written by Betty. No kidding. I mean, I would have preferred something written by Alice. Yeah. And then we see that he got to watch the live stream of his wake so that he could study the Stonies. I feel like I really I was expecting because we saw that that he was going to have put together the fact that they probably killed Jonathan because noticing that he wasn't there when they had the funeral. Yeah, but, we oh got well. shockingly little from that. Yeah, we really did. We'll get to that because I've got more to say about the whole Jonathan thing. Anyway, yeah. so then we get a little bit of background filling in a couple of their gaps. Jellybean found out on her own when Betty asked her for the blood. She's like, hey, I heard you whispering to Charles. I know that Jughead's not dead. Also, just like asking for the blood was very suspicious. Yeah, it really was. Shortly after that, when the rock got switched, Betty went to FP and told him about the whole Jughead thing. Archie did, in fact, tell his mom when he closed the curtains that one time. And then Veronica told Hermosa when Hermosa thought that Betty and her were a secret couple. Yeah, because that's what secret girlfriends do. I only laugh about this because, first off, the nonchalant way in which Hermosa's like, it sounds like something that secret girlfriends would do. No, no, they don't just kill people. Also, Betty and Veronica literally spend no time together. Well, and also... Also, if someone's your secret girlfriend, then that means you don't want people to know about it. So you would be fine with them having a boyfriend because it would hide your relationship. Yeah, it's it's really dumb. I mean, maybe like season one, episode two, Betty and Veronica were somewhat friendly, but we, we have not seen them acting like friends for a very long time. Would love to see them in the same room. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Maybe in the same plot. That'd be nice. Well, we did just get that. All right. I really appreciated the fact that there was like very little Archie and Veronica in this episode. That was the, one of the best parts of it. Yeah. We have Jughead, and they're talking a little bit more about the whole Archie Betty thing of how they're pretending to be a couple, and we see a bunch of shots of them at school doing their thing. I would say, like, here's the thing about the Barchi stuff. If they were just sending those flirty texts to, like, sell the illusion, which I don't think was the case. I think those were somewhat legit. Maybe one of them was playing along, but we did see Archie start to type, I'd kiss you anytime, and then delete it, yeah, which no, means it that at least something at least Archie feels a little bit of some kind of way and 
I think that would actually be a cooler twist on the whole thing if Betty was content with Jughead, but Archie starts to like feel more, because I think what you expect from the comics and what you expect from typical TV shows is for like Betty and Veronica to clash because they both like the same guy. Wouldn't it be cooler if Archie just liked two different girls? I like that better. I feel like it would be cooler if they just didn't subject us to any of this nonsense. I don't know. It's it's just weird that TV shows, like that this is a TV show has locked these couples together like this. It's not, not typical. But we have Jughead talking a little bit more about how he's trying to solve this why done it, which doesn't have as good of a ring as well, it. Well, yeah, because they already know who done it. So now they have to figure out why. It's very clever, Mary. How dare you not okay, appreciate sure. that? So Betty comes down and she's like, someone, we don't know who, has agreed to help them. And I was like, well, it's either going to be Jughead's grandfather or it's going to be like Charles or one of the other authors or somebody. Yeah, we don't know. Anyway, it turns out that it's FP the first. They go to Stonewall and I love how DuPont's class is like still happening and they just still have chairs for Jonathan and Jughead there. Like Jonathan, maybe they're like, where is he? But Jughead, like he got kicked out of school. Why do you still have a chair for him? Well, I mean, what were they supposed to do? Like take the chair to the ceremonial storage room where they put the chairs of dead students? Just push it to the side. You don't need a little circle of five chairs anymore. I mean, and yeah, probably they have a ceremonial room for the chairs of the dead students. I feel like that's cold. I don't see why they can't just keep the chairs. I think it's weird. I think it's weird. They're reading Crime and Punishment because isn't it so true that the things you read are exactly what's about to happen? Mm. Yeah, so. especially when uh, it's the stuff you read in English class because they're always very relevant. Yeah. So Betty and Jughead walk in. I feel like they could have done this a little bit more dramatically. Maybe just have Betty walk in and then Jughead come. I don't know, something. It's just such a weird setup. Everyone's kind of like, what? Except for Brett, who's like super shocked because he definitely thought Jughead was dead. He definitely thought Donna was going crazy with her suspicions. Yeah, and Donna's like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it all along. They would have gotten a much better result with regards to Donna being shocked if they had just not had three milkshakes in the bunker. Yeah. Yeah, why did they need to do that? Why couldn't Betty have just not had a milkshake that day and then Donna didn't know? Well, it was also weird because Brett was like, oh, like, how did you know? Did they have an extra hamburger? Like, trust me, Archie could eat two hamburgers. D- does the same not ring true for milkshakes? Couldn't Archie have eaten two milkshakes? I feel like he could, but it's just a lot rarer for people to consume that much dairy. I guess. Although, to be honest, I could really go for a milkshake right now. I had one the other day. I had one on Tuesday. It was good. Ugh, I was supposed to have have one like literally two weeks ago and they never gave me a straw and I couldn't find my reusable straws so I had to just eat it with a spoon and it's not the same I still really want a milkshake it's it's definitely not the same you gotta gotta get those straws they go in and they're all like uh you guys are ours like there's really no reason why DuPont and the other kids don't just like get up and leave I guess they're intrigued I don't know I don't understand why DuPont and the others didn't make any attempt to like capture them or or hurt them, or... I guess they probably... I mean, I'm sure that, you know, Betty had backup waiting outside, and they probably assumed as much, but it wouldn't be the first time they've just, like, stormed in and started demanding things. I think they were also a little bit in shock. Donna, I think, at this point, realizes, like, if Betty has been smart enough to cover up all of this, she's probably got other people working with her, and which is why she tells Brett,
threat like hey don't like don't take out your phone go ahead put it away but just listen to her so they describe that they're going to do a locked room mystery where the suspects can't leave until they find out who the murderer is so yay that's fun now here's the cool part they break down basically the entire story of this entire season so far the last 16 episodes filling in a couple holes mostly just sort of saying what we already know and rephrasing it i think everyone can more or less sort of figure out where this is going as it is and we're just sort of waiting for the point where one of them is going to break and reveal something yeah which happens that which is just like that's how this scene in a mystery goes right so jughead is talking and he's like look first part moose and i both get admitted to stonewall during our senior years same dorm room it's coincidental part two halloween i'm drugged and locked in a coffin then moon goes <laughs> moon moose goes missing and he said i thought he was like a part of the stonewall four you know those people who mysteriously vanished but instead it was just that mr chipping had forced moose to join the army so why did that happen well mr chipping recruited both moose and jughead and chipping knew that moose would get murdered and was trying to save his life because this is a sacrificial thing that happens yeah you can't write a murder mystery if you can't commit a murder so bad news about every mystery writer guys they've definitely killed someone yeah i mean it's it's sad but like it makes sense i mean you you definitely there's no way you can write about anything without actually doing it first agatha christie for sure killed like hundreds of people yeah probably also it was kind of funny when when jughead yelled at mr dupont that he had the conch (sighs) oh my god okay no that was not funny that was so dumb and very uncomfortable (laughs) i was like and it wasn't even in like him being like hey i've got the conch he was like as they say in lord of the flies i have the conch and i was like shut up jughead remember when they tried to do that in the first season of survivor i do like pass around a little talking i wish that they still did just because it would be be really funny like can you imagine if they brought that back for season 41 to try and counter all the whispering at tribal council like sorry you're trying to whisper it would be it would be embarrassing you don't have the conch i have the conch (laughs) as in lord of the flies I think it would be like only a matter of time before someone threw it at Jeff Probst. The idea that anybody either in that room or watching Riverdale doesn't know what Lord of the Flies is and needs that explanation from Jughead was so annoying to me. It it definitely was. I feel like he said something else. Oh, he like quoted Mark Twain when he walked in. It's like, stop. As the great Mark Twain said, rumors of my passing have been highly exaggerated or whatever that exact quote is. Yeah. Eh, eh. Stop. Jughead, stop. you were in... How long was he underground? And he didn't like have... Like two weeks, I think. He didn't have time. He had time to solve a whole bunch of murders, but he didn't have time to come up with like anything better as an entry phase phrase. Uh, oh, that reminds me of another like continuity thing that I just want to point out. So earlier in the episode, when they were showing Jughead like living underground and being like, oh, it's so hard that I have to like pretend to be dead because like a bunch of people think that I'm dead. And it was showing all the like stuff people put on his locker we also saw donna reading like the things that have been written on his facebook page i'm sorry no one who is in high school currently has facebook like that's 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 incorrect i think they do just for the chats Mm, um i don't know my my cousins who are like in college are like yeah no one we know has facebook so Hmm. i don't know i'm just saying they'd probably be on a different app you know i would have thought that they would have facebook just for facebook messenger like not to use facebook but for yeah i don't know 
I don't know, though. I mean, maybe they had it and it was just being used to write things because he died, whatever. Anyway. Okay, back to Jughead's story. So he says, after Halloween, they had the writing competition. Jughead's grandfather wrote the original Baxter Brothers book and DuPont was exploiting Jughead to do the same thing. That exploitation couldn't come out. So that's why they needed to kill Chipping. Because Jughead told Chipping about his grandfather and then Chipping talked to DuPont and then dove out the window. It all fits. And the, throughout all this, the kids are like, I don't know. Just coincidence this is dumb and um he also said like it was pretty telling the fact that like joan and jonathan and donna and brett were just like staring really blankly at him when he was like ah someone called 911 and which yeah these kids like that could give it away can you act at least a little bit yeah well they're the stonies are creepy okay those those stony chums they're really creepy. So he realized that Donna lied about the affair because she never had one with Chipping or Mr. Cotter. And Mrs. Chipping filled Betty in on Chipping's demons of drinking and being stressed out about the Baxter Brothers books. Which is something that DuPont tried to be like, ah, oh, he committed suicide because he had demons. So he said that's when the ghostwriter challenge was to write your perfect murder. And in order to, to write one, you had to show that you could do it. So they changed the contest. They were like, hey guys, you need to kill Jughead. We're going to award him the contact contract, put a target on his back, and then you guys need to come up with the perfect murder. Because this whole thing has been happening for years. The pattern of the previous ghostwriters all killing one of the Stonewall Four that have disappeared. Uh, so so that's like another part of this whole thing they figured out. Yeah, they were like, that, I guess the year of the first contract, this person died. And then the second person, this person died. And the third person, this person died. It's pretty funny that Betty had to like write it on a chalkboard, but she just wrote like, yeah, ghost writer, writer one, killed person, person A. a. <laughs> it's yeah, so that was pretty bad. embarrassing. And I, I do think it's a little interesting that like this does tie back to Moose with Moose having been put here to be the, the sacrifice that that Jughead was also sort of here. They, they were both originally put here to be sacrifices, kind of, which is very interesting. I, I think that it makes me think about the writing on the show and saying, like, they must have had at least some outline of what they wanted to do with this whole plot in order to put that in there, or they just, like, partway through the season pieced it together and was like, I don't know, because part of me thinks when he left, when Moose disappeared, they were like, hmm, maybe we'll have him actually die, maybe we'll have him disappear, maybe we'll have him come back, maybe we'll have him join the army, I don't know. And then they actually did have him join the army. No, but. I think they were just like, he we're done with Moose now. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They give Jughead the contract and the kids need to commit the perfect murder to win the contract against him. And they're all going to be awarded it because DuPont was like, oh, your classmates all had a hand in rewriting your novel. And that's what gave him the idea that they were all in on it, not just one of them trying to kill him. So he said, okay, now we're at the night of the party and the murder. He's like, Donna's job was to keep Betty busy. Brett's job was to lead me into the woods where Joan would hit me in the head with a baseball sized rock. I just want to point out here, we get no explanation for why he puts the mask on. Yeah, no, I'm really upset that we still don't know. He could have just worn the beanie the whole time. I understand that he needed to put the beanie back on, but, like, I don't understand why he needed to walk out to the woods with the mask. Like, it didn't scare Brett, and Brett would have also gone and taken him into the woods anyway. Yeah, I still would like to know that. i also like to know, what was Jughead's plan? Because he's like, Betty, I have a plan of how we're going to get these tapes back. Did he have a plan? Was he just going to go and, like, beat Brett up? I was think that he was plan? just going to beat him up. And then Jonah's like, well, why would you think it's me and not Jonathan and Jughead's like uh your perfume dummy which I'm kind of surprised that he had enough like wherewithal to remember 
He's like, whose job was it to check my pulse, you idiots? So they kept saying like, oh, you guys all, you thought you killed me, but really just knocked me out. I mean, they probably like, you know, concussed him. It was probably pretty bad. Yeah. And that's when Joan blurts out that it was Jonathan's job. I would just like to point out here, they could have been recording all of this because that is a straight up admission to everything the Jughead is saying. Well, I'm assuming that they were hopefully recording. I don't know. But they never seem to record when they should be. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? At this point, Donna brings Betty to the clearing and puts the rock in her hand and then led Veronica and Archie to where Betty was. Luckily, they tried to revive him and they did CPR and it worked. So I guess he didn't have a pulse for a little bit, but okay. So that that scene now makes sense of the one where, where Archie says that he's dead. There were like a couple small gaps here that didn't quite make sense. So then Jughead tells them, don't take me to the hospital. And then he kind of like passes out again and apparently doesn't gain consciousness for 36 more hours. Yeah, but thankfully they had the full medical expertise of the FBI on their side uh, because yeah, this which is, is how apparently that works. Yeah, I just, I mean, the whole FBI thing, like, I understand that you put Charles in the show to be like, no, we can do whatever we want with the FBI and just make things super easy at all times. And that's Charles's entire point. I, I'm still so mad that we completely glossed over one of the most interesting setups from this show, which was that, like, Northsider Alice was actually a Southsider and had this relationship with FP, had a kid with him, he didn't know, and then the kid turns out to be Charles. This whole thing is just just completely glossed over between seasons three and four where it's like Charles is here oh and everyone just knows and I guess everyone's like cool they they were together I mean we completely we never on my sticky note of like things I wanted to happen in Riverdale one of them was like people finding out that Alice and FP are, are together they just move in together we never got that conversation among any of the kids at any point I also am very upset because I feel like we thought that there was like a point to Charles coming back that maybe I think there will be. Not good. Yeah, but I'm just annoyed that they gave us a taste of that and then put it away so long ago. But it is the same thing with like the Black Hood and the Gargoyle King. Like a lot of this stuff and like the farm, it took a while to develop. I definitely think that after the Heathers episode, the rest of the season is going to be about the tapes being sent, Chick, Charles, and Polly. You mean the Hedwig episode, not the Heathers episode. We've already done Heathers. Hedwig, whatever. I I think that those are the missing pieces we still don't know anything out because if you go back and watch the first couple episodes of this season Charles is definitely doing something sketchy involving Polly and yeah. getting Betty mad at members of her family like it's definitely a thing we just don't know what the point is yet it's just there's yeah, I, I would like more of that, and I'm upset that we haven't had it. Yep. So anyway, Betty calls Charles, who meets with them, and they had to carry his body a little ways to get to the medical van, which is why they're all bloody. I guess that makes sense. Then he tells them to clean up the crime scene and to get their clothes off and wash the blood. Can't help but notice that in this scene, there is no blood on Betty's bra, so we don't know how that gets there. And then, so this is when we get the full context of the scene from the flash forward at the end of season three, with the her telling them, like, oh, we got to go our separate ways can't talk about this again and burn our clothes. And that is because Veronica had prompted them with, hey, what happens if he doesn't make it? And that's the only reason why she said that. So I that, I appreciate this context because I really thought this was just going to be a scene that they had just sort of, whoop, and I don't know, they just said that for no reason. So that's good that we got that. Then there was a really great moment where somebody, one of the kids is like, wait, so we saw his body. Does that mean that the coroner was in on it? And Betty's like, yeah, you mean Dr. Curdle Jr.? Mm, yeah, we go way back. <laughs> 
I love that. And the scene that of him she's so counting the money. Yeah, they they say multiple times throughout this whole thing, like, you guys would have been successful had you actually killed him and also would have been successful had you not happened to just choose the guy who's dating a girl with, like, all these contacts who, like, has FBI contacts and coroner contacts and, you know, her mom's a reporter and his dad's the sheriff. Like, you just really picked the wrong people to target here with all this. They messed with the wrong guy. Although I guess, I guess FP's not the sheriff anymore because he quit last episode. I feel like he'll probably... Probably come back. I don't know. I'm really hoping the end of this season is not just Hiram stuff, but I kind of feel like it will be. We'll see. Well, yeah, I guess he probably won't be sheriff again because we know that he's leaving the show. Yeah, they're just setting us up for that. Sad. So... Um, I, the other thing I just want to go over here real quick is the hole that I thought was still in place, which was why did we get so much of Veronica and Archie being like, "Mm, do you think Betty killed him? I think Betty killed him. She she's done stuff like this before. All of those conversations I felt like were at the time people were using them as reasons of why Jughead was dead. I don't think it's that. I do think it's that they, they realized Jughead wasn't dead, but they really weren't sure at that point until Betty realizes about the like dust stuff that Donna blew in her face, they weren't sure how he got hurt. And they just had to, because they couldn't figure out why she was standing there with the rock. And to be honest, Betty was being pretty sketchy. I think if you have to look at the last two episodes, like recontextualize with like, Betty is just so in her head here trying to play this game and trying to not be framed for murder, that that's why she's acting so off and weird. That's about the best I can give you for that. Yeah, that and then just like the fear of, is somebody watching? Right, right. Mr. DuPont still says at this point, like, oh, that's all fiction. Yeah, he's like, it's too bad. This is better than anything you ever wrote for us. Which is so dumb because I really don't like the fact that they were leading up this whole season with, like, Jughead kept saying like, that he had written this book about the, about, about the perfect murder and then he doesn't actually try. He didn't actively do anything to make it seem like he had been killed. Like, that's the part that I'm let down by is just that the, the Stonies were smarter than Jughead every step of the way, pretty much, except for the fact that they didn't kill him that was yeah, their only they mistake. were smart but they didn't double check yeah so also i don't know why dupont says like this is all fiction donna has literally or not donna joan has literally already admitted that everything he said was true uh so whatever Hey everyone, editing Mary is just gonna cut in here real quick to say something. What you're about to hear is the original take of our discussion on the three members of the original Literary Society where we are trying to figure out what the close but no cigar is. I'm just gonna tell you, we did not guess it at the time, but we are now clearly aware that Charles Chickens is a play on Charles Dickens. So you're about to hear us being very stupid for a little while. So then it gets a little bit more interesting where he says DuPont is basically starting to be like, yeah, but I never, I never explicitly told my students to do anything criminal, which is when they talk about the three original members of the literary society, including, you know, uh, with DuPont and Forsyth Pendleton the first, which are Jane Dallas Brown, Charles W. Chickens, and Theodore Weisel. I don't know about all three of those. Theodore Weisel is definitely a play on Theodore Geisel, um, but but I don't know about the other ones. Yeah. They're probably, I mean, much like Donna Sweet and Brett Weston Wallace, who are both plays on author names. I feel like yeah, I'm something. sure that they are, but I'm just not willing to look into it at this time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's probably like a Jane Houston Brown or something instead of a Dallas Brown. It's probably like something like that. Charles W. Turkey. That's, there's no way someone's last name could be Turkey. Oh, no, you'd be surprised. I guarantee you there are many people with the last name Turkey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
sorry. I feel bad for them. I mean, it's a kind of cool last name. I mean, I guess. I don't think there could be a lot worse animals. Like, there are, you have a very hard last name. I feel like, why are you throwing rocks? I, it's not about, like, the ease. It's just about, like, yeah, my name is hard, but you can't really make fun of it unless you make, like, Mike Wazowski jokes. I don't know. Oh, no, anyway. Man. So um, at that point, FP, Charles, and Forsyth the first come in. Forsyth is like, yeah, this thing totally happened because one of the dudes came to see me after you killed the other two. And he's like, he's going to kill me next. And then he did die. I, I feel like it's kind of lame that DuPont didn't try to kill FP Jones, the first family. Like he, he, you know, d- tells the whole thing about how he went out for cigarettes and then he never came back, which yeah. is, you know, what put FP the second on such a negative path in his life. So it's, it's sad that that was the thing. But like DuPont's been trying to track down all these original people who knew that he bought the book to cover up this sort of scandal. And yet he doesn't think that FP the first might have told his family yeah it's just very bizarre and then it also like i feel like a lot of this was done to kind of paint fp the first as like he was actually a good guy but like circumstances change things and it's like well no he was still like a like al- alcoholic abusive guy like I think they're trying to say, like, he became an alcoholic guy because of the, like, sadness yeah, but, like, and bitterness toward his life. I find that not compelling. I, I Like, I like in media when sometimes people are just bad people because they're bad people. Right. I, I agree. I agree. But I do think that there is an element of, like, FP can forgive his father a little bit for, like, you left because you were trying to save your life. And by telling us anything, it would have implicated us as well. I also find it a little hard to believe that he was able to live so off the grid for the last, like, 20 years that no one was ever able to find him. Well, he's been investigating, okay? He's been finding Whatever. proof. In this true spirit of a Jones man, he has been solving crime. Which, he, he didn't do anything did he like did he actually discover anything? apparently he had like evidence to show that dupont had killed the other people i guess i mean the fbi get a warrant to go search dupont's house where they find it just says trophies of his victims in a hollowed out oed which i'm sad to say i did have to search what oed was i feel bad for that but oxford english dictionary in case anyone didn't know that's like the least cool place to hide um trophies from your murder victims what would be a cooler place uh, like any other book book like if it's gonna be a book of gray why a dictionary because he's a writer yeah but i feel like that's just so boring like why not in like a copy of the the grapes of wrath i don't know i don't know we, we got nothing i also just found it a little annoying that they had to explicitly tell us these very famous quotes and references but then charles just drops oed and expects me to know what it is <laughs> i'm sorry i have the internet i don't need an oxford english dictionary so i i would have never put together what oed was and i also would was never gonna google it so thank you my only other like pop culture reference to the oxford english dictionary is that uh in gilmore girls rory wanted her dad to buy her one and then he couldn't afford it and his card got declined oh yeah spoilers for it was very it was very expensive but chris really wanted to show that he was matured yeah nothing shows that you're a real adult now like buying 
buying a dictionary for your child. Yep, exactly. Dupont then says that he's a man of honor and jumps out the window, which we all saw coming. Like, first off, they he's an older guy. They could have run and blocked the window. I really thought we were going to see, like, Betty had blocked the window and was, like, going to stop him. There's no reason why he should have been able to make it toward that window. I d- yeah, no. Uh, we were talking with Hannah about this, and I joked that, obviously, he had moved lightning fast, and that was why they couldn't catch him. I mostly was just surprised that enough time has passed that they had already replaced that window with identical stained glass to what it was before that he was able to jump through. Like, do you think that now they'll just like board it up and be like, it's too much of a flight risk? Yeah, they should have boarded it up before. It's also just know. like such an insane way to kill yourself. Like they're not that yeah, high so up. Yeah, so he was like, and he was steadily backing his way toward that window throughout that whole conversation. It's dumb. Like they make it seem like you can just like easily push your head through a glass window like it's butter and that you'll fall and die. Like I still don't think that they're far enough up to guarantee death. I mean, his head did fall right on the sidewalk. Well, yeah, he landed face first, but like Dupont. Like, what's, who's the other guy's name again? Uh, Chipping? Chipping. I don't know. I just feel like that's wild. Well, let's just say that this episode made me think twice about a horror film that came out. All right, spoilers here for Midsummer. If you didn't see it and you're planning on it, skip ahead like a minute. So the two things that did were, first off, I learned from Midsummer: If you're going to jump somewhere to kill yourself, jump, you got to land on your face. Otherwise, you might not die, even if it's like... 100 feet up so at least he did that snaps for dupont for i don't know i'm also glad that they did show us that he had jumped out the window because a lot of people still thought chipping might come back and be alive because we never actually saw his dead body so we have confirmed death here can you imagine if chipping had faked his death this whole time that would have been i a lot of people online did think that was what was going to happen or that um or that donna was going to be related to him and then the other thing that reminded me of midsummer was that the sort of idea that they had to like recruit sacrifices and that chipping had recruited two sacrifices um that was that was another one yeah except unlike in midsummer none of the sacrifices actually died in moose and jughead so good for them Okay, done talking about Midsummer. So at this point, we have the FBI talking with each of Brett, Joan, and Donna. They talk with Joan first, and they're like, yeah, we have uh, text exchanges between you and Donna that are clearly showing that she like tried to blame you for all of this and pass off her dirty work onto you. If I were you, I would just, you know, tell us what she did and we'll get you a lesser sentence. And she's like, nah, my dad's an ambassador and I have diplomatic immunity. And Charles says if she leaves the country, she won't be able to come back and that her friends will take all the blame. Once again, we've talked about diplomatic immunity before. I'm pretty sure that if you murder someone, it's not it's not the same. I think it would be that she would just get sent away and not be allowed to come back. So it doesn't really matter what she does here. Like, I, I, I just think she wouldn't be allowed back in the States. It doesn't mean like, oh, you face no consequences. Yeah, I think it means that she has to be like tried in her own country or something. I'm not 100% sure. I, I do feel like this is, like she is the one who admitted to trying to commit this crime and then she's not gonna have anything bad happen she's also just the character we know the least about so we don't really care much about her i do think that it's a little bit annoying that we don't hear any more about like who killed jonathan or how that happened at all and also joan being just like stone cold and being like it's fine brett and donna aren't my friends like what was your purpose why were you here she was there to have diplomatic immunity and throw the rock i've just googled and wikipedia says that diplomatic immunity means that they are not susceptible to law 
lawsuit or prosecution, but they can still be expelled. So yeah, she would basically, she would just get sent home. That would be the consequence. Okay, interesting. Then they talk with Donna. Donna's like doing her whole crying thing and being annoying. And Donna said that she lied to Jughead saying that Brett had diplomatic immunity because she wanted him to stop antagonizing Brett, which is just like, what? Brett, Brett has always been antagonizing Jughead. I don't know. Then Donna says it was Brett's idea to kill Jughead. She's just kind of firing wildly. Donna's just throwing everything she can, hoping that it will stick. She's like, oh, it's it's so great that DuPont is the real monster and that he's dead. And also says that like she had the pin from chipping because DuPont, like she's just basically putting all the blame on DuPont, which is the most annoying part about DuPont killing himself is that Donna gets away pretty much scot-free because he would definitely have thrown her under the bus. Yeah. I think they both, I think they would have each thrown each other under but the I bus. But I like and her getting away scot-free because I like her. And I think she might come back, which is cool. I'm excited to, hopefully Brett and Donna are not completely out of the show forever. Um, these are actually some villains that I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious now about that Betty Brett uh, romance now. I think it's funny. I just love that he calls her ponytail. It's adorable. I honestly, I might go seeking fan fiction about Brett and Betty. There, I, let's okay. Fan fiction corner. Let's look it. Up. I bet it exists. I just need to find one that's complete and not garbage. Because you know, I'm not reading works in progress. Let's see TV. So this is Mary's just looking at. Um, I assume fanfiction.net. Yeah. Okay. So let's put a filter on for Riverdale. Um, any rating? Fine with you? I'm fine with any rating. Okay. Let's see. Brett and Betty. Is Brett even a character that I can select? Oh, I'll be so sad if he's not. There is. It looks like not the option to select Brett. Wow. What? That's so sad. Hmm. I can search Betty. <laughs> yeah, but then it's going to be like all Jughead. Yeah. Let me see. Brett. Is there? Oh, come on. Betty Brett and fiction. I... Okay. Archive of our own. Let's see. There might be some in here. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of, of Betty Sweet Pea stuff. I don't know why people love that so much, but they really do. It looks do. like people wrote a lot of Jughead and Brett fan fiction. Oh, they would. What? Jughead, Brett. I'm just saying, like, that's, that's, that's like a more typical, like, people would, people like to do the, the, the villain and the, it's just your classic, like, Harry Draco stuff. Um, I guess, but I'm annoyed. Betty should feel offended that someone like Brett is showing interest in her. He's a pretentious, privileged asshole with no regard for anyone's feelings and certainly no respect for women and anyway she has a boyfriend so what does it say about betty when she feels brett's cold eyes raking over her like that she's more intrigued than repulsed anyways i take it back i will not be seeking fan fiction about this pairing can we cut this whole section out nope keeping it in all right cool so anyway uh, then they talk to brett the fbi or charles or whatever and charles is like brett you have a history of antagonizing jughead and witnesses saw you guys walk in the wood together basically you're screwed so you're gonna be charged for the attempted murder and also those sex tapes and it's like finally someone realizing this is a crime and not just an annoyance yeah and it was very yeah, because Brett immediately is like, well, actually, you're going to plea me down and, or else I'm going to release the tape. He's just threatening to release child pornography to an FBI agent. Does that work? Like, there's this is so dumb. Anyway, and they're just like, yeah, how about not? And so he's like, hmm, I'm going to think that over. And he leaves. And then Jughead and FP come in with brass knuckles and just beat him up, which yeah, is I, and I feel like, also not how the FBI works, but okay. Yeah, I also feel 
feel like the show was really like celebrating that FPN Jughead beat up Brett. And I was like, oh, so we've got police brutality now. Cool, 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 cool. Well, it's not, it's gang brutality because he's not a police officer anymore. Whatever. It is adults attacking it's a FBI child. I mean, he's probably 18. But... Brutality on a child. I was just not into it. I didn't like it. Like, I don't care no, what I you think like of it. the character. If it was just Jughead, maybe, but like. Yeah, if it was just Jughead with like no brass knuckles, I would have been like, you know what? Okay, this is Jughead getting his revenge and it's fine. But like to have FP also and it just, I didn't like it. it I didn't like it. Also, I do I do find it a little funny though that like Brett's biggest fear based off of the scene when Archie also came into his room was just like, I do not want to get beat up. I do not want to get beat up. Like that's his biggest fear. Yeah, he hates the thought of his uh, pretty face getting ruined. Like Donna slapped him last episode and it was pretty funny. And so they find the sex tapes which were hidden in Stonewall behind the crest and then Jughead like terraces up and stomps on it without even wanting to watch it which like at first I was like hmm then I realized if either of them were under 18 that's also still illegal for him to possess it so makes sense yeah also like he's Betty can't go more than three hours without having sex so he has the real thing he doesn't need a tape yeah that's what we learned probably over 18 now I don't know Alice is reporting on all this and she's like Stonewall is remaining open for now but it's secret society the quill and skull is being disbanded that's not how secret societies work it could just come back because it's supposed to be a secret yeah but okay that secret society was entirely too public anyways yeah also i love that this is definitely not the first time we've seen cheryl and tony they're always like watching tv at the end of the bed eating popcorn i understand like maybe that makes popcorn from watching a movie or maybe tv but like not like the news like they made popcorn for this i mean i feel like i would make popcorn for any occasion it's so good i'm assuming that this was not just a news report but it was like also the entire documentary that oh yeah made. they probably just watched that whole documentary oh my god see i've lately developed this habit of ordering movie theater popcorn on uber eats i did not know that you could do and that i don't know if you can do it everywhere but if in canada you definitely can get cineplex popcorn from uber okay eats. so is canada different because in the u.s movie theater popcorn is like 12 bucks yeah no it is Okay, you know the Target popcorn tastes like just as good. Do you guys have Target in we Canada? We don't have don't Target remember. in Canada. Okay, never mind. The Target popcorn's a dollar and it tastes just as good. I mean, so no, I microwave popcorn does not taste that. just as good. So No, not not microwave popcorn. Target, like Target makes, like they pop their own popcorn. You can like buy it when you shop around in the store. Oh, well, I didn't it. know that because Target only okay. lasted in Canada for like six months and they never had popcorn. That's really so, surprising. So yeah, if you're in the States, I recommend you go get popcorn. But if you are in Canada, okay. you can order Cineplex popcorn and uh, it's worth it. I have definitely taken a bag of Target, like, pop popcorn into a movie theater before somehow. I don't remember how I snuck that in there. It was, like, a full bag of popcorn. But people, if you come at me being like, but it doesn't have the same kind of, like, buttery taste. You're right. It's just as good, but it's, like, salty over being buttery. Anyway, and then uh, the the Cooper Jones household's all like, woohoo, party, we're a family. And then Betty's like, gotta go. But Jughead winks at her. At first, I thought she was gonna go see Archie, but then, like, that didn't happen. Instead, she went to Donna's room, where she somehow, like, snuck in and sat in the dark and waited for Donna to turn on a light. Oh, just that's so dumb. So she needed the dramatics. 
So I don't know who, but somebody has awarded Donna with the Baxter Brothers contract. Well, there's the whole brotherhood, so. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, when Jughead was awarded it, the contract meant, like, nothing. Like, he signed on to, like, write one book. Donna apparently, like, gets it and gets the entire company and is able to rename it Tracy True. What? That's I'm assuming ugh. she went in and she presented a case of, like, look at everything DuPont did. Like, what he created is bad. We need to shift it away from that towards something better yeah i guess basically this whole thing the whole thing was also was set up by donna because donna's related to her secret grandmother jane dallas brown who wrote the character tracy true who i don't think had any like stories of her own but just like was put into the bachelors like because i remember when they were reading the original that fp the first had written jughead's like see it's a little different like clearly they added some stuff like tracy true wasn't in it and blah 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 so that makes sense uh, that, that's fine that maybe her grandmother like created this character i'm not sure how they would have any evidence that she did but so donna's like this whole thing has been a revenge plot against dupont yeah which is weird i don't know i, I that, that was i guess i'm not really sure like what her original plan was like was she gonna somehow kill dupont maybe her plan was to get the baxter brothers contract and then like yeah kill him i, I don't know i don't know what her plan was like this worked out for her but it's kind of weird and so betty's like hey you're gonna walk away from the contract or i'm gonna make sure all the newspapers know that you're related to this person and that they i don't know think that that's suspicious or something yeah it just seems kind of flimsy to me i don't know i expect that donna might be back and that we'll hear more about this later i hope so because i like her yeah so jughead is back at riverdale high they solved eight murders i'm not gonna try to count who all the eight murders (laughs) were but okay so there was the three that dupont had killed of the other like stonewall people right plus there's there's the the stonewall Stonewall four. four plus chipping i guess chipping wasn't like murdered though but I think that's like one Do of the ones they they were solving. Do they count Jonathan? I don't, but I don't think they solved Jonathan's murder. Do you think they're, they, are they, do you think they're counting the attempted murder of Jughead? Maybe. Because then that puts uh, yeah. I think it's, it's one or the other. I'm not sure. It's either chipping or the attempted murder of Jonathan, or of um, Jughead. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm I just like, this whole thing's kind of annoying that they spent all this time and manpower to like solve the attempted murder on Jughead. But then they're like, oh yeah, that kid who like also got murdered. Don't care about him. We're not even going to put that under... Yeah, they're like... At one point, they're like, like where Donna is Jonathan? And, and Donna's like, away. he uh, had food poisoning. Or, I mean, he has food poisoning. So do you think they poisoned him? I, I, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It was weird, I guess. And then uh, Cheryl is like... Yeah, you and Archie are totally a thing, wink, wink. And Betty's like, no, I was just acting. And Cheryl's like, cousin, your secret is safe with me. So that's definitely coming back. Maybe that'll be a a thing that comes up in Hedwig because so far all the other musicals have brought up like love triangle type things. I just don't care. And I don't don't like it. It'll be resolved. I just feel like it's annoying and we didn't need this. Yeah, but some people are really excited about it because of the, not because they want Archie and Betty to be a thing, but just because that's like the point of the comics. We're so far past the point of the comics like i don't care yeah so they go home fp1 and fp2 are hanging out good for them then they go to pops archie's like we should make a vow again to have a normal senior year like no which is also literally the last time the four of them were probably together probably and then i love how jughead is like why why are we not talking about the fact that archie and i are not gonna graduate why is jughead not gonna graduate i i think he was he was missing for two weeks over well that's dumb 
they, it's, I mean, I mean, to be fair, it looked like he was pretty much only taking a creative writing class. Yeah. So, like, that And he also sense. was, like, gone for a portion of last year, too. Yeah. I, I could believe that. I, I'm kind of surprised, like, Jughead's like, yeah, can we talk about how I'm not going to Yale? <laughs> like, yeah. Can I get that back? I don't know. And then uh, Kevin shows up and they talk about the musical. Yeah. I hate that this is what Kevin has been relegated He's like, to. I there's the variety show and you guys all have to perform. You too, Jughead. Yep. So um, so I guess we're going to hear Cole Sprouse sing again. Maybe he'll juggle. Can't yeah, all sing, I mean, right? mm, I don't know. I don't like it. So the locked room, while also being a literary um, thing, is also a mystery novel by Swedish writers, uh, not going to try to pronounce their names, um, published in 1972. It's part of their detective series revolving around Martin Beck and his team. It has two plots running simultaneously. Maybe I'll read it one day. Don't know. No, I won't. I know I will so, not be. So, um, who is the most normal person this week? Uh, I mean, a lot of them were relatively normal, I guess. I feel like pretty much everyone except for, like, Betty and Jughead's families could be considered. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't enough Archie or Veronica to give it to yeah, them. Yeah, I know. My first thought was Veronica. Yeah. I-, I could say it could also be a jelly bean. I mean, she was barely in it. And it was really just a flashback. So yeah, but it was that. probably, like, the most normal. She was like, hey, Jughead's not actually dead. Could be that. Could be Kevin. It's just living his life. Could be Cheryl. Maybe. I don't know. They didn't. I, they were just like such small characters. I don't know if anyone I'm, who is in it. I, I mean, like I could give it to Joan because like if she does have diplomatic immunity and like doesn't no, care what's going to happen. Attempting to murder people is not normal regardless of your diplomatic status. Okay. I'm sorry. I, who would you like to give it to? My preference would be Jelly Bean. Okay. I'm happy with that. JB has not won it since season four, episode four. But 12 weeks ago. Probably more than that. Well, yeah, 12 episodes ago. Had a lot of yattises this season. But somehow not as many as we did last season. Yeah, we had a lot like last, last season, season as well. Like, ah, no episode for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, surprise. So, um, so anyway, everyone, that's pretty much it for this episode. It, it was pretty straightforward. I feel like I'm. I will say I was very frustrated with Riverdale through a lot of the last couple episodes, just because of the sort of like missteps in logic and con- discontinuity. And really, now the only discontinuity I can get mad at them about are the the dates that they've screwed up and the fact that it is like surprise supri- spring break that didn't need to happen um they could have just said spring instead of spring break at the end of season three but anyway that's really that's really all i can blame the show for at this point pretty much everything else i can sort of see how they how they got here i I think if they really wanted to make this plot a little cooler it would have been cool if jughead was alive but that no one else had known about it yeah if it had been like jughead's master plan to fake dead and that like only he knew about it so then like everyone's freaking out and then he just like right busts in on the scene that would have been much more compelling yeah i think that would have been better where like basically everything that happened in the last two episodes could have still happened where betty is trying to pretend that she's dating archie and and you know and act like things just to cover up the fake murder but that he's really not that she doesn't know that he's alive that i think that would have been more interesting but missed opportunity i I think i just i wanted to think that jughead was going to have outsmarted these people in some way and he really did yeah it turns out Um, he got really lucky jughead's just kind of dumb yeah although i will say jughead has gotten lucky with this sort of thing multiple times and i i would just like to go back to the time the people keep glossing over in season three when he literally just to get information on the gargoyle king game drank a glass that was a 50 50 shot it could have been poison with absolutely no escape plan yeah he's just a dumb idiot poison that still 
annoys me to no end. And we talked about that yeah, in season Doug 10. Yeah, a dummy. Anyway, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back in like a month for episode 17. Hopefully, I will be back more quickly with another episode. Yeah. Let's say if I can, in the next month, get one episode out season, no. I guess, what, season one, I'm episode gonna, 12, maybe? Here's the thing. I'm just going to give you like some due dates and <laughs> it'll it'll make you like feel the pressure of having to get them out. That would be nice. I think I need that. I think I need that in my I life. feel like you just need something providing like a tiny bit of pressure, not like an insane amount. Well, I will say like, yes, do I get these out very slowly? Yes, including the weekly episodes. But I do like having a show that is on week to week does force me to at least get it out within seven days. Yeah. Guys, it's hard. Editing podcasts is hard. I know. Okay. I know, honey. And it's because it's because I'm I'm tr- I'm too much of a tryhard. And I, I like I try to get all the sound levels right sometimes. And then and, and you know, I'm not perfect. Sometimes they mess up or I accidentally delete the good quality audio and have the bad quality audio. You know, it happens. These things. It's, I think you happen. just need to love yourself enough to chill out a little bit about it. Uh, I can't. They chill. like essentially expire after a week. I know. I know. Well, unless we have those people who maybe are waiting for it to drop on the American Netflix. That's possible. Well, yeah, but even then, like at a certain point, less people are listening. I just want you to love yourself enough to stop. Okay, I'll try. Anyway, well, I'm working from home right now, so I got nothing better to do. You can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform, including TikTok, if you're one of those people. Now, let's just, I just need to talk about this real quick. My friend forced me to get TikTok. Am I funny? No. But if you like to follow me, go ahead. Maybe I'll become more funny if I think that people are watching. I don't understand TikTok as a platform. I feel very old. I, I, I do not, I don't, it's like taking me a long time to figure out how to search or how it works or like what makes things pop up where. Don't get it and I can't dance or sing so kind of boxed in a corner over here but if you like to see me being attempting to be funny then you're welcome to check it out it's also at frail mary okay well I can be found online at kirsten said what now I've not made any videos on tiktok but I have one and maybe oh you do if like 25 of you follow me on tiktok maybe I'll make a video (laughs) uh uh, I don't know. Wait, and and somehow somebody has just started following it was me, me within the last two seconds. Oh, okay. It, it was me. You're right. It just popped up saying like user 6551011 and I was like, huh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. But anyways, you can follow me on every platform as well as you can catch both of us talking about Big Brother Canada over on Rob Has a Podcast and maybe there will be like some surprise stuff over there. Maybe there won't. I don't know the future, but check it out. And also- I like to always say that there might be surprise stuff and then if there's not we didn't lie we said maybe right (laughs) (laughs) and then the other thing too is we're out of five-star reviews so if you could be so kind in your time when you are socially distancing yourself from people in person you could feel metaphorically close to us by leaving us a five-star review that we will then read back on the podcast and, and we'd really appreciate it thanks and, and you don't have to use iTunes to listen to our podcast in order to give us the review. You can just go on iTunes, make an account, it's free, and then find our podcast yeah. and leave a review and then and then go back make to using whichever podcaster you use. Give us five, exactly. like spam us with five star reviews. Come on. It would be nice. It would just It'd feel nice. really good. The world is scary right now and I just need a pick me up, okay? Don't we all? Anyway. So yeah, that that's all all great. Catch us tweeting at, at KowskiCast and follow us on KowskiCast.com. It's uh, Cow with a K. <laughs> all right, everyone. Until next time. Bye.
that's 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 incorrect. 